What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the DE Podcast. I am back with Akam Raish. Um, just me and him today, no guests, but um, definitely going to be bringing on some more soon. Um, but today we have a packed podcast filled with multiple topics. We have Steph Curry, who broke Ray Allen's three-point record. Kyrie Irving is back. Multiple players are out with COVID health and safety protocols. There's been teams that, are, have, that have been having ups and downs and the MVP race and all of that. Um, and make sure before we begin to like, subscribe on YouTube, follow on Instagram, on Spotify, make sure to download the episode. We've been getting a ton of support on, um, on Spotify. Um, and it's actually um, a couple of days ago, it was our one year of the DE podcast. So um, definitely a lot that we can take and um, a lot of feedback that we've had. Um, so make sure to comment down below some feedback because we're always in for it. We always have discussions about it. Um, so yeah, let's get right and started. So we will begin with Steph Curry. He breaks Ray Allen's three-point record. He's currently 14 three-pointers ahead of him. Um, but will he get, the question is, will he get to 3,500, maybe even 4,000 three-pointers depending on his race? Because at this rate that he's going, he can get 443 pointers this year, which is the most he would ever get. Um, and in terms of the team, the Warriors um, don't look like they're struggling with health situations with the COVID protocols. So what would that mean for them? Will they have an advantage? And is he the greatest shooter of all time with this record? So Akinridge, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, I definitely think that there's a huge possibility of him getting to at least – 3,500, just because I said, like, even this year, he's 33 years old, but he's on pace to get the most threes he's ever shot at around 440. So just imagine, like, I don't think he's slowing down. So if he's like LeBron, where he's 37, and he's still putting up, like, 20, 20, uh, 25, 26 points per game, and most of those are off of threes, I could definitely see him just even breaking the 4,000 mark, which would just be crazy, because that would be over 1,000 more three-pointers than the person in second place. And that record would just be incredible. So I definitely think that 3,500, we'll see that happen probably in the next, I think, two or three years. And then 4,000, it just depends on whether or not he continues to stay healthy. Obviously, we remember last year and the year before, he had some, a lot of injury concerns. So if he can just stay healthy for the next five or six seasons, he doesn't decline, then definitely, it's definitely possible. Yeah, and I think like, not just about Curry, but also I remember yesterday I was looking at the three-point record and James Harden is fourth. He's actually, I believe he's around 300 away from Reggie Miller's record. So like really close to Ray Allen's record. So honestly, James Harden, I mean, he's, I think he's, he's older than Steph by about a year. So that would be cool if James Harden could break Ray Allen's record too. And then maybe he's second, Steph is first. Like that'd be kind of cool in my opinion. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know if he'll do it just because, like, even this year with the Nets, he's kind of having a down year. And if he keeps playing in Brooklyn where he's, like, the second or even third option sometimes, it's going to be way harder for him to break it where, like, where Steph is obviously – he's consistently going to be the number one guy. So, yeah, and, I think James Harden right, will get close. Yeah, and, and as of right now, the Nets aren't looking so good because the big three are all out with COVID. Um, but – Going back to Curry, like, is he the greatest th shooter of all time? Like, I mean, I've always kind of considered him the greatest shooter of all time. Like, he's been spectacular, not just in the regular season, but in the playoffs, too. Um, unfortunately, last season, they weren't able – they were barely just, like, 
like centimeters away in both playing games from making it. But um, this year, they're definitely going to make the playoffs. I've no doubt in my mind about that. Um, and they could even win the championship. So I think it would be really exciting, especially when Clay comes back, because you'll see the Splash Brothers. So now you have Curry breaking these records. What if, you know, what if Clay comes back and scores like 15 threes in one game and breaks his own record? Like, that'd be kind of cool. So in terms yeah, of the Warriors, yeah. their future is super bright. I mean, as of right now, it looks like they're going to be the best team in the NBA and possibly NBA champions. But there's a long road ahead. If the Phoenix Suns are coming back. Um, Devin Booker came back, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, honestly, I think the Warriors are great. And they, they were, I mean, I guess they're my, they were my favorite team. I'm kind of like a Raptors-Warriors kind of guy. And the Warriors is because yeah. I like, and I'm not a bandwagon. It's the Warriors because I like Steph, I like Steph Curry. My first ever NBA game that I've ever watched was Warriors-Wizards where Steph Curry dropped like 52 or something like that. So, honestly, Steph Curry has always been my favorite player. So, uh, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's easily the greatest three-point shooter of all time, just like you said. I mean, even probably in like 2019 or even 2018 after he won that third championship, I think he was, even back then, he could be considered the greatest. Like, just because like the type of three-pointers that he takes are just so different from all the other, like Ray Allen, I think J.R. Smith and Kyle Korver and even Reggie, they're all on that list. But the types of threes that Curry takes are like so unique. They're, they're usually, he's usually heavily guarded. He's usually in an isolation. He's shooting from, he's shooting from extremely long range a lot of time, top of the key. I mean, the types of threes that he takes are a lot more different. Whereas like Ray Allen, especially in Boston, a lot of his threes were, he would be in the corner and he would take, get open threes from when Paul Pierce or Kevin Garnett drew the double teams. And Kyle Korver, same thing. He was coming off of a lot of screens to take threes. Jared Smith, another spot up shooter. So all these guys, they got their threes in a lot, not easier, but just, I guess, different way. I mean, maybe even easier way than Curry did. And I think the moment that he started shooting an extremely high percentage with these extremely hard shots, that made him the greatest three-point shooter. Yeah, like Steph Curry, like, I mean, obviously he's doing it off of screens and all those basic ways that people get three-pointers. But he's like, like even like two days ago against, like, I don't even know, like, in their last game, like he like every single game, you're going to see one to two three-pointers where it's like crazy. Like, how did he make that? Like I remember against Indiana Pacers, that was one of the games where people thought maybe he'll break the record, maybe he won't. He had a crazy three-pointer in the fourth quarter towards the end of the game, and it was like insane. Like, he just like he, – he practices those shots. Like I've seen videos of him working out and practicing those shots. So like as, as much as people say, hey, don't practice those crazy shots, like Steph Curry does it, and he can get them in the – big moments of the game especially in the clutch um, yeah but that's like also like that's why he's so unique because he's probably the only player right now and probably even in the history of the nba that can like make those types of shots at like over 40 percent consistently so he's just really unique and i think his uniqueness plus like the difficulty of shots and just the amount of shots that he takes like he takes a crazy amount of threes I, i'm not sure about the exact number but it's usually always over like 10 threes attempted per game especially since probably 2015 or so. So I think all of that being combined just makes him the greatest three-point shooter. Yeah, and even, like, I looked at his stats over, like, this season, I guess you can say. Like, he's shooting a lot of three-pointers. And, yeah, he's like, it looks like he's missing more than he's making, but he's still taking a lot of three-pointers. So, yeah, there might be a couple plays a game where it might be a wasted opportunity where he just goes up and shoots a three-pointer, but... I mean, that's how he kind of works for shooting. Like, you never know if he can go in. Like, 
I like like the the um Devonte Graham game winner. Like it, it's never gonna happen. It's like a one in a million chance. But I mean, you know, sometimes it happens. So yeah, moving on, we can go to Kyrie Irving, and I think we can talk about the Brooklyn Nets in general. Um, I th- I do not exactly know why, but I think it's because of all the COVID stuff with the Nets. Kyrie Irving is available for road games. Um, but like a few hours after he was announced that he's coming, he got poisoned to health and safety protocols. So, I mean, after he returns and after KD returns, after James Harden returns, will he help the Nets after he comes back? Or like I was thinking, will it be like two different chemistries almost? You know what I mean? Like at home, he's not there. It'll be like Patty Mills starting. And then on the road, he's there. So it will be like two different chemistries. You have to kind of switch between plays and everything. Because Kyrie Irving and Patty Mills are two very different players. Like Kyrie Irving, from what I know, he loves the fadeaway shot. Patty Mills is a spot-up shooter. So, you know, it's different gameplay styles. And I think that they're not going to revolve around him. But in my opinion, it's going to be a little bit more different than obviously what they're used to because it's, it's, you're going to have a different player every night. But it kind of goes back to the fact where, you know, players get injured and you have to kind of adjust to it. So I think it's going to be something similar to that. Like, um, what, do you th- what, do you, what do you think about that? It's just so weird, especially with the Kyrie thing. It's like they activate him and then, boom, COVID protocols. So it's like – but, I mean, I think one thing I can say about Kyrie, like, I'm not going to say, like, whether or not – like, I don't want to, like, start an agenda or whatever. But at least one thing I can respect about him was that he, like – he kind of stuck to his beliefs, even like he like said he wasn't sure about the vaccine, and um, he kind of stuck to them. Like he didn't suddenly flip flop halfway across the season. He didn't do any of that. He just believed what he believed. And I mean, I think there's something to say for that. I don't think there's much, but like it's something. It's something. And even though Kyrie's definitely misunderstood, like I don't think that he was just simply like I don't want the vaccine or something. I guess he just didn't. I don't. I think he just didn't want it forced on him or something. That's probably what like made him feel bad or something about taking it. But it's just it's just a weird situation overall with the Nets. Like I, I don't know what they're gonna do next season with Kyrie. Like obviously, once he gets back from COVID, once K, I think he's gonna play the road games. But like that's not what you can in a playoff series. You cannot have Kyrie play two home games, go on the road. <laughs> not play, come back for game five, play, and then, you know, keep doing that for the rest of the like, You just can't do that. You can't do that, especially when he's such an important player. Like, he's not just, like, some scrub who averages, like, two points per game. No, he's their, he's their second to third leading scorer on most nights, yeah. sometimes first. I mean, like, I'm kind of thinking about it. Like, I think the first four games are going to be kind of easier because it can, it can kind of think – the team can think of it as an injury like games one and two Irving's injured he comes back for three and four but then when it gets like game five game six game seven that's kind of tough like yeah that's good that would be really weird honestly like um I mean in terms of the whole COVID thing I mean we'll definitely talk about that later because that's our main topic but I don't know I mean Kyrie Irving's like he's been kind of strange like he like he kind of like he announces he doesn't want he doesn't want to play because of the vaccine. He takes a couple months. He doesn't go on social media. Then he goes on Instagram Live of Kevin Durant and talks. And then he doesn't talk for two months. And then he's seen it at like a high school basketball at a Sierra Canyon game. Then 
he's coming back and now he's in COVID protocols. So I don't know. Like it, it's kind of like his whole story this year is it's gonna it's it's like a roller coaster. Like I have no clue what's gonna happen next. Like will he come and play? Will he never come back and play? And will he just be in health and safety? And will he come out and say no? I don't want to go through this. Like it's good that I didn't come back or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just so it's. It's kind of incredible how we went from 2019, where the Nets signed Kyrie out of after the disappointing season in Boston. He has a pretty good season without KD, and then everybody's like, "Oh, once KD comes back, you know, the Nets they're they're going to be there up in the they're going to be up in the East. They're really going to be contenders." They get Harden in like the first four weeks of the season, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, Nets Lakers! You know, nothing. Oh my God, the league is just too overpowered." Yeah, that's what, what we were saying. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember we said that too. And we were just like going crazy over that. And then fast forward two years, well, the Lakers, they're, they're just, they're 16-50, not very good. And then the Nets too, they're good, but it's not, they're not good in the, for the reasons you'd expect them to be good. You I mean, they'd yeah, be they're, good. they're number one in the Eastern Conference, but still, like, you would kind of expect them to be better. I mean, they had like a couple of really weird games. I mean, they almost lost to the Raptors. I mean, that's good, but like you know, um, but you know, in all seriousness, they they got destroyed by the Hornets. I cannot disrespect the Hornets; they're my hometown team. Like I love the Hornets; like they're a great team, great franchise, and everything. And they they have a good, a solid roster this year with Lamelo, Miles Bridges, and everybody they're played. But still, like you cannot, even with Kevin Durant, and James Harden last season, I guess you can have an excuse because. You know, Kyrie Irving was out. James Harden was out for a little bit, came back. Like, but now they have Patty Mills. Bruce Brown has improved tremendously. Joe Harris is out with an injury right now. He's going to come back. I think he actually is out for the season, but I'm not completely sure on that. On that. Um, well, actually, I will say, I will say, though, like, I get your point that they can't really be losing. But their their team is very hurt by both injuries and just by, like, this Kyrie situation. Like, Outside of Kyrie, right? Um, Harden and Katie, they're going to do what they are. Well, Harden is having a slightly more down year. But Katie, he's been an MVP candidate. But outside of that, Patty Mills, yes, he's been pretty good. LaMarcus Aldridge has also been pretty solid. But, like, Blake Griffin has regressed severely. I don't think Nick Claxton gets much playing time anymore, really. A lot of their bench this year, at least, from what I've seen in the few games that I've watched, they, uh, they don't seem – they seem much more reliant on their stars than they should be. And, yeah, I get it. Like, that's what your best players are supposed to do. But I feel like it's too much to be extremely competitive. Like, you look at the Warriors, the biggest difference between this year and last year was um, the, was how much their, their supporting cast contributed. And exactly. you see this year, right? Like, Draymond, he's a potential defensive player of the year. And I think you even said it on our most recent post, right? Yeah, I mean, you Draymond kind of, like – you. Like that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, like I remember in the last dance documentary about Michael Jordan, when he got drafted, they said there's no such thing as a one man team. And then after he won his six rings, everybody said, okay, it's a one man team. But it's really not. Like when you watch the documentary so closely, Scottie Pippen, Hall of Famer, Dennis Rodman, kind of weird, <laughs> but Hall of Famer, Steve Kerr. If he would not have made that shot in the 97 finals, who knows how would, how that game seven would have been because he made them winning game six. Tony Kukoc. And that's way back in time. Like, 
like even like what you just compared to last year this year warriors steph curry was the only guy doing something with the warriors and then when when he left last year they sucked now draymond green defensive player of the year jordan Poole, possible um improved player of the year clay thompson might come back james wiseman might come back andrew wiggins who's averaging like 18 points per game on better efficiency still playing that great defense he's basically that perfect second uh second option that they really needed so i mean yeah, just if you keep going down the list, I mean, Gary Payton the second, he's a complete revelation this and year. And Jonathan Kaminga too. Like, yeah, like like the Warriors are the perfect example of how a supporting cast can just bring up your team to unimaginable levels. You kind of go from almost like the play-in to um, to the number one seed, best team in the league, just by having some good all-star caliber players like Draymond and Andrew Wiggins, and then a very solid, very good bench and. Uh, good role players. And I think the Nets, the issue, as we said, it's just they haven't had that. And then their stars have also been inconsistent in their lineups. And yeah, their record is pretty soft. It's pretty great. Like it's, it's their first leaves. Like that's not a joke, but it's like, they don't feel like the contenders that the Warriors or the Suns or even the Bucks and the Bulls feel like, right? Yeah. Like there's so many teams I can kind of base it off of like this year, the Warriors, the 2019 Raptors, the 2016 Warriors, 2016 Cavs. I, I, I guess LeBron did most of the work in 2016, but still. Um, it kind of I, – I actually – I was thinking about 2015 finals and 2016 finals. 2015 finals, Kevin Love got injured in the Eastern Conference finals. Kyrie Irving got injured in game one. He had LeBron had nobody to help him. They got lucky that they won two games like and that you – know, Warriors won. 2016, they had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love, who were all-stars and revolved around him, and J.R. Smith, Timothy Mozgov, etc., and they won the title. And even though it was from 3-1 down, still, it's, it's a title. So definitely, I think something that we can learn from this podcast and from everything that we learned, like it's a team does not need to have three all-stars, four all-stars to win a championship. You just need, maybe obviously, you just need like one all-star, maybe two. And then have a bunch of like a solid bench around them. Um, so yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's going to be interesting. We're definitely going to. Ha- I mean, we're still we're still thirty games in the season. We're kind of early. We haven't even, even hit Christmas. Most people say the NBA starts after Christmas. So we'll see what happens with the Nets. I think if Kyrie can even play, I think that's just a great win for them because at least they get the guy that they signed to do at least half of his job. Um, yeah, so hopefully the Nets get something going. But I think we'll now move on to our next topic, which is the MVP of the league, actually the defensive player of the league this season, has got to be COVID-19 because it is just locking up so many players. Actually, earlier today I read that over 100 players, 100 players in the NBA this season have been in COVID protocols at some point, and then – over like 70 were just in the month of December alone, which is just absolutely insane. So, you know, last season, honestly, COVID was not that big a deal. But then now with the fans, with increased interaction, I think just with the NBA players themselves going out more with looser restrictions, COVID has just started to explode again in the NBA. And uh, we've seen a lot of star players out Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Trey Young, Russell Westbrook, 
Anthony Edwards. LeBron was at in COVID for like two days before he tested out. So um, it's just like, do you think the NBA should do something about this? Because it's just very, very widespread right now. Should they make a bubble or something? I mean, funny enough, right before this podcast, I was on Instagram just scrolling around and I saw Adam's uh, quote by Adam Silver. So earlier, I think it was today or yesterday, Adam Silver had a press conference and he kind of talked about like the future of the NBA. I, I mean, in terms of what's been happening right now. And he said that they're not going to, they're not planning to really make a bubble because they're still trying to figure out if it, you know, if, it, if it's like so, so bad, which it is right now, like, what are you, what are they going to do? Um, so he said that for now, they're just going to keep going and see what happens. Um, but honestly, it's, it's, it is because of the increased interaction between players and everything. And, the fans, like I, like I saw several teams make the fan like um, attendance like fifty percent, maybe even a little bit less. But honestly, this whole um, this whole new variant of COVID definitely hit hard then because we saw the Delta variant. Like I mean, it, yeah, like 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 you just said, there's like maybe twenty thirty players that went into COVID protocols, but it wasn't like to the point where it's like, oh my god, we need to do something now with the new variant. It's like, oh, okay. But I think it's going to be something similar to like the whole COVID thing at the beginning of the 2020, 2021 season. Like people have to adjust, you know, do the right things. And in a few months, everything will be back to what it was. Let's just say like a year, not even a year ago, like six months ago. Um, but yeah, so many players like the Nets. It's definitely, I think it's going to definitely affect the standings. I mean, the Timberwolves had were improved a lot this year. They're actually still playing well without Andy, Anthony Edwards. They got a good win against the Lakers, um, Kevin. But with the whole with the Nets, like they got blown out by the Magic, and the Magic literally suck. And they're without Jalen Suggs and everybody. <laughs> um, and even though Patty Mills was there, even though Blake Griffin was there, like still, and then Trey Young was t- like huge. Um, and then also Lamelo Ball and multiple Hornets came out of the pro cross like literally less than a week ago. Um, so, like I just said, I saw Adam Silver the whole Adam Silver quote. He said they're not planning to postpone anything or cancel anything. He's just gonna say we're gonna live like like, like it is and see how it goes, because as of right now they haven't planned anything with the bubble. So that's why. I think. Yeah, actually, actually, one thing about that I remember last season right the beginning i remember i was messaging like a basketball account in the comments and the account i forget his name actually but he was talking about like how starting covid uh doing a non-bubble season last year was going to be really bad because everybody was getting a covid the league was going to be forced to shut down it's going to be all this crazy stuff and then actually surprisingly that really didn't happen for that season but i feel like what he thought would happen last season is finally happening now where we're just getting so much COVID, all these players, star players are going out, making matchups much more, I guess, less interesting in general. And it's making games become postponed. They said actually today that the Christmas games are not out of the question to be postponed, which is just absolutely insane. Yeah, but they said said for the Christmas games that the NBA is like thinking about, um, like they – I don't know the exact words, but they like informed multiple teams to be ready if the time of the game changes because they said that there's like a time slot for two thirty five and eight. I don't know if it's because of COVID. I just because I, I thought I saw the word COVID in there. I don't know if you saw anything like that on Instagram or YouTube, um, but I definitely saw something related to that. I think I can definitely check that 
Um, but that's what I saw. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think I did see that too. But I think it's, I think they'll opt on the side of caution. Like if they have a huge outbreak, like twenty Lakers or like the entire Lakers team gets COVID, like LeBron's out, AD's out. Well, AD's already out with an injury. If the rest of the team just gets out, they'll, they'll, they have to cancel the games, right? Because you can't just have, like, a bunch of G League players getting blown out by 40 after getting their first NBA experience versus, like, their Brooklyn Nets. So, I Yeah, for sure. I mean – I just, yeah, I just hope we get some good matchups. Right now. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's in the entire world. Like, there's been rising mm-hmm. cases everywhere in the U.S. So, I don't know. It's definitely tough. Like, I mean, I don't think that there's going to be another whole quarantine thing. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't want that. Obviously I don't think anybody would want that. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's actually, actually like, I think they're just going to like do some restrictions. Like you have to, I mean, they're, they already did. You have to be vaccinated, but maybe you get your boot. You have to get your booster. Maybe like, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't be surprised if they would postpone it for like a week or two. I actually honestly don't think that would be too bad. Postpone it for a week or two. See how the whole COVID thing is going on in the world. See if anybody catches it. If it gets better within two weeks, try to start it. Or maybe just remove the fans. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that's a good idea. They should just, they should, I think your postpone idea is great. Like two weeks, just break. Like start the finals could be two weeks later. So what? Like you can actually at least continue with the season after. Yeah, like right now, like I'm watching like the Pacers Heat game. It's like there's a lot of people in Miami is not good with COVID. Um, and you know, I don't know if you've been to an NBA game since the since pre-COVID, but I've been I've been to like four Hornets games. Like there are like obviously there's a mask mandate and everything. There are people that don't wear their masks. Like it's a lot of uh-huh. people. I'm not gonna lie. Like people in front of me and behind me were not wearing masks. I mean, obviously, me and my dad like need to we we wear a mask, but like there's people that do not wear their masks. They don't really care. Like there was one time when a worker was arguing with a guy who was not wearing his mask, and the guy was like saying COVID's not real. I'm like, bro, look at the statistics. People are dying from this stuff. Like, do not even try to say it's not real, because yeah. But you know, you know what I just thought of? I just thought about like also what happens. In the finals, I mean, like, what if what if there's a COVID outbreak during the finals? Like, what they just do? People just sit out. Like, what if what if it's the Nets versus the Warriors, or even in the playoffs in general? Let's say like Nets versus Warriors in the finals. Steph Curry and Kevin Durant get COVID. Like, are they going to postpone the finals for two weeks, or are they going to just keep playing the games without them and have like one of the worst finals? I mean, I think what they should do is, huh. I'm trying to like figure out because like, I don't think it's a good idea to like do it in the middle of the season. You know what I mean? Like I think like wait till like the All Star game or right before the All Star game or even after Christmas, like before the New Year. Like just like say, mm-hmm. hey guys, unfortunately due to all the COVID cases, we have to postpone the the week for a, a week or two. See how COVID goes. If it if it's like getting better, come back, remove fans, or put like a very little amount of fans into the arena. Because you can literally watch it on TV, um, <laughs> but um, no, but you know, <laughs> but you like gotta sell the league pass. Exactly, exactly. I don't have league pass, but I wish I did. But I don't. I don't know. But um, no, but you, you, yeah. I, I think right now all the players are taking it like pretty seriously. 
like they're aware of all the COVID stuff. I think it's just all about the fans. It's not the fans' fault that this is all happening. Obviously not, but um, definitely, it's gonna be tough. Um, but I'm kind of I'm kind of curious for what's what's gonna happen if they're gonna postpone. I don't think they're gonna cancel it. Um, no, yeah, cancel it will be too much. I mean, in 2020, they post. They said they originally said they postponed it due to COVID and the new virus that's happening um and then they decided to cancel it so i like th- it didn't even feel like they canceled it. i think they just didn't say anything and they just like okay we're done they didn't cancel the season they postponed it but i think that they, they just said that there's no way this is coming back everybody's in quarantine there's, there's no way people are going to think that this is coming back but you know yeah totally- actually actually i remember i remember um like i remember watching lakers versus the nets this was like the the Nets of 2019-20 where they were bad, right? With Kyrie, they were like the eighth seed or something versus mm-hmm. the Raptors. Mm-hmm. I remember I watched Lakers versus Nets. The, I think it was Monday night or Sunday night, one of those days. The next day, it's COVID, and they said the NBA has been postponed. And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I, I, is the NBA going to continue? Like, And I, thought, I actually thought they would – I think everybody thought that it would be like two weeks, you know, even just in life in general, two weeks kind of postponed. Then you get back to school. Then you get back to work. Then then I mean, I'm kind of looking at our state cases right now. Like, it obviously went up at the beginning of the year, and then it went really down during the summer, and then during the fall it went up, like especially in like late September, and then it went down, and now it's kind of going up and going down. Like, uh, three days ago there was like three thousand five hundred cases in North Carolina, which I mean. It was, it's what it was like, let's just say in like April or May. So it's not like terrible, but it's, it's a lot of cases. Like, yeah, it's crazy. You definitely have to be aware of it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it, this is much different than like what it used to be because nobody expected COVID to be coming in January. Obviously, it started over in China and people were like, oh, maybe it'll come here, but probably not. Nobody was really, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about it. Then all of a sudden, it says like somebody like Rudy Gobert got COVID and like, okay, it's over. <laughs> and then everybody got scared and then everybody canceled. And they actually, um, it was the NHL. I think they postponed the season, if I'm not mistaken. Or not postponed the season, but they postponed like all games through Christmas or something. So I think that's what the NBA should do. Like postpone like, 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 a, like a few days of action. Just because, um, oh, here it is. The NHL will suspend will suspend all operations from December twenty second to December twenty fifth. So, mm-hmm. I think that's what the, I think I think that's what they should do for the NBA as well. Like postpone for a few. Maybe it doesn't have to be. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be two three weeks. It can be a few days, and see how it goes. Yeah, just enough to get like most of your players out. Of- protocols and just back in like if like 70 of the 100 players who are out get back in i think that's good enough and then you can start again but just yeah. you can't constantly have like a cycle of like oh we're just gonna keep on going as every team loses players over and over yeah exactly yeah i mean i think that we can just end the COVID conversation at that i think we can go back. <laughs> i mean but um no i mean i think moving on we can go back, back to some nba stuff um, we can move on to the Houston Rockets. That's something that I noticed. The Houston Rockets had a 17-game losing streak. 
now they're 10 and 20. So not the best record, but without Jalen Greed, they have a winning record. Um, and they look like, you know, they could be better. Um, they could get better. I don't think it's going to make a playoff thing, but they kind of surprised me. Like, is Jalen Green being like a liability to the team? Like, like during their winning streak, I think it was an eight-game winning streak. Is it was it like an easy schedule? Were they beating good teams? Or who and who is the captain of the Rockets? Because I'm kind of thinking, is it Jalen Green, Christian Wood, John Wall? I think Christian Wood is performing the best on the team right now, but I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think actually Jalen Green might be – I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that he's coming back from his yeah. hamstring injury. So I think that'll be interesting to see, like, how well they do even, you know, after after their whole 16 or 15 game losing – 17 game losing streak. That's now – now they're slightly better. But I think I don't think that Jalen Green was, like, holding the back or anything. I think it's just more like they're just bad. Like, the Rockets aren't a good team. They're not meant to be. They don't have any certified star player. Their system is just a bunch of young guys, plus Christian Wood, who they're trying to develop and get better and better. And I think that, yeah, they had a seven-game winning streak, but it was like, it's a seven-game winning streak just because they got hot for a little bit. Some of the rookies, like like Jay Sean Pate, Garrison Matthews, they all were just playing really, really well. And so that'll allow them to get really good. I think, I, th- I mean, if I look through their win streak and see who they beat. So they, they lost to the Celtics on November 22nd. Then they beat the Bulls, which is actually quite surprising. I remember watching the game. They beat the Hornets in overtime. Then they beat the Thunder and the Magic in their next three games, which isn't that impressive. Beat the Pelicans, who aren't a very good team. They beat the KD-less Nets with only Harden, which I think is an okay win. And then after that, they've just they've lost the Bucks, lost the Grizzlies, lost the Cavs, the Knicks, and the Bulls. And so, I mean, I think it's just like they, they had some bad opponents, and then they also got some good wins. It wasn't really like, oh, wow, the Rockets are back. Jalen Green is gone. You know, <laughs> they don't need Jalen Green anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, like the Rockets, I mean, they're not really doing like that bad. Uh, I mean, a lot's going through my head right now in the NBA, but I think the Rockets, they're sol- they're a solid team. Like, they're not, like, the best, not the worst, but they're solid. I think I'm kind of, like, anxious to see when, like, especially when Jalen Green returns, like, how are they going to do? Like, will they go back to a 17-game wizarding streak again, or will they continue to win? Um, and then John Wall, like, there's a lot about John Wall right now. I'm not really sure on his status right now. Um, that's what I think about the Rockets right now. Yeah, actually, John Wall, I, I, I remember there were reports about him. They were like, you know, he wants to suit up for the Rockets. He wants to play or he wants to get traded because he really wants to be back in the NBA. And then nothing happened. <laughs> just nothing happened. And so I, I think he's just probably like trading in Houston and probably sitting at home just waiting, just waiting to be released from his awful contract. Yeah. So I honestly hope free John Wall. Hope he hopefully he comes back. I really miss him. He was a really good. He was a really good player. He was a lot of yeah, fun. he was great, especially with the Wizards. Um, but moving on, we have another large conversation. We have who is the MVP of the year so far? It's about I guess a third of the season, maybe a little bit more. 
So as of right now on the MVP list, we have Kevin Durant and Curry who are the front runners to win MVP. And then Giannis and Jokic are like third, fourth, fifth catching up there. So I, I yeah. in my opinion, as of right now, I think it's definitely between Curry and Durant. Steph Curry, he's great. I'm actually one inch shorter than Steph Curry. He's 6'2". I didn't know that. He's he's actually six. He's actually six foot two. No, he's probably six three. He's probably six three. No, I'm looking at his height right now on NBA.com. He's six foot two. Oh my god, really? Yeah, he he actually shrunk an inch. Getting old. Uh, it's, it's probably the shoes. It's probably yeah, the probably shoes the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, Curry's averaging twenty-seven point one points, five point four rebounds, six point six point zero assists. So he's having a great season so far. Um, definitely, you know. The team is doing well. I think as of right now, Steph Curry would be my MVP, not just because of him, but because of how much he's impacted the team. You know, it's it's only 30 games in. He's averaging big numbers. He broke the three-point record. His team has only had six losses to the season. Fortunate enough that one of them has been to the Raptors. And then, you know, <laughs> I mean, he did he did, like, struggle with an injury last year, the year before, with a broken hand, broken tailbone. Um, but he came back strong. You know, Kevin Durant kind of similar because he had his big Achilles injury and everything that he got in the finals in 2019. Um, but, I mean, Steph Curry, he's just been great. Kevin Durant, I mean, last year he rallied his team without Irving and Harden, which was honestly inspirational. But this year, they have a good record, not going to lie. They, I think they're 21-8. and eight. But, I mean, they're solid this year. They just have to, like, get their COVID stuff under control. Um, but Steph Curry, honestly, just because his personal performance, his accomplishments thus far, and his team. His team is just great. He's helping his team out with everything. Without him, they wouldn't be number one in the, in the West. I mean, they wouldn't. It's not like they're, they would be the worst team in the NBA, but, like, they, would, they wouldn't be, you know, as good. So, in my opinion, I think Steph Curry is the MVP this year. Yeah, I think he has a great case, and I definitely think he could. But And I think he will probably win it if they keep doing. But I honestly want to highlight like some of the more underrated MVP picks. Like Nikola Jokic, Like the record of the Nuggets is not nearly good enough to be anywhere close to where an MVP um, would be selected. Obviously, Russell Westbrook, I think, was one of the lowest-seeded MVPs ever, and he had to average a triple-double in a season to get it. And while Jokic isn't doing something that historic so far, just the difference between when his team is off, when he's playing for the Nuggets versus when, um, when he's on the bench is just absolutely crazy. I, I saw a stat today which said that when uh, Jokic is playing for the Nuggets, they have a plus twelve net rating. That means that in games they're going to score their they're going to outscore their opponents by about twelve point eight points. But when Jokic isn't playing. They're losing to opponents by an average of 15 points, which is just insane because they go from almost blowing out teams with Jokic to getting absolutely destroyed when he doesn't play. So that kind of value that you can see from Jokic just from his on and off present is like, is what I think makes him a serious MVP candidate. I would honestly go Curry, Durant, Jokic because Jokic is just, He's just his team is just not good right now with all the injuries to Jamal Murray, MPJ, and so on. 
but he's continued to keep them afloat in a very tough Western Conference. I believe right now they are let me check. They are currently the fifth seed, actually. That's better than I expected at 15 and 14. So I think he's very underrated. And another thing, I think, don't you think that there should be someone from the Phoenix Suns on this list? Like, should it? Maybe not Devin Booker, but like at least Chris Paul, right? I mean, Chris Paul is like sixth or seventh, I think, on the list. He's he's definitely top ten. Um, Devin Booker just came back from the injury, um, but no, Chris. The Suns are a great team. I think we can honestly kind of glide to talking about the Suns, but. Devin Booker obviously came back with his injury. Played pretty well in his first game against Charlotte. 16 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, and a 31-point blowout over Charlotte. Um, and then, you know, Phoenix had honestly no problems without Devin Booker. Like, Chris Paul played really well. Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson all helped him out. Will they do even better with Book? Obviously, they will, but to what extent? Because they did great without him. So... And then it kind of brings, like, the status of, like, who's the best team in the Western Conference? Is it the Warriors? Is it the Suns? Honestly, it's, it's so hard to decide right now because both teams are just amazing. Yeah, I think – I think – I hope we get a conference finals between them. Oh, my God. If we got a conference finals, yeah, Suns-Warriors, that would – I think that might be more exciting than like the Lakers versus the Warriors in the conference finals, honestly, because the Lakers oh, yeah. aren't even that I good anymore. I would not want to watch Lakers Warriors. The Warriors would sweep them. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just, I really hope, I hope that the Suns are there. I, I, I just hope that they can continue to be good. I think they will be, but it's, it's so one of the, it's so nice that, that they're, they went from like, just garbage in that in the beginning of the 2019-20 season then they went 8-0 in the bubble then they made it to the finals last season and now they're at the top of the western conference yeah it's a great story it's a great story and Devin Booker finally he finally got the help that he needed he got DeAndre Aiden he got Chris Paul Mikhail Bridges you know Frank Kaminsky all they got all the pieces around him and they're finally good so just props to the Suns and I think I honestly would not complain if they won the championship. Like, that would be a great story. Oh, yeah. I, I would never complain with that. Even with Milwaukee last season, like, I kind of wanted the the Suns to win so badly. But still, like, I mean, it's okay. The Bucks they kind of deserved it with Giannis and everything. They got really lucky in the second round. Should have gone swept by the Nets, but it's all good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but I think Phoenix, that would be really cool. Phoenix, Golden State. Brooklyn, honestly, Brooklyn, I'll be, I'll be cool with Chicago or Miami one. I'll be sick, but no, I think out of everybody right now, the Warriors and the Suns are the main guys who deserve it. Steph Curry's been so through so much with injuries with by him and his teammates, and then the Suns just they they've they had a great journey. Like two years ago, they weren't even in the talks of making the playoffs. Of even yeah, they weren't even in the talks at anything. Nobody. Yeah, people were people were like, get Devin Booker out of Phoenix. Exactly, and then he like give props to Devin Booker because he stayed in Phoenix while they sucked. Like he endured like eight years of like the Phoenix being bad, struggling, everything, injuries, and then he finally got the good roster that he wanted. It kind of just shows like it takes time. It's like Michael Jordan got drafted in '84. The team sucked until. 87 where they made like the first second round 
and then it, the story went on from there. So it's all about patience. Just like stay with your team. Okay, if it's like literally ten years and it doesn't work out, then you can. If, if, if it's like the Pistons <laughs> who suck, then you could. Sorry, Mitch, if you're listening, but still, like. What happened on Sunday with the Pistons and the Lions winning, it's one in a boom. It's once in a boom. In. But, like, um, I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I think it would – I just think it's great. Yeah, I think it's just a good success story. And, actually, since we were talking about the Lakers just a second ago about their conference finals championships, I think we should kind of segue into that. With the Lakers, who are currently 16 and 15, they're seventh in the West. Anthony Davis was just injured. Uh, he is going to be out for the next four weeks with another knee injury, which was caused uh, during their game, during one of their games. So do you think that the Lakers can really stay afloat in the Western Conference with LeBron and Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, whoever else? Or do you think, do you think they're going to fall, continue to fall and maybe – Honestly, by the end of the season, be competing just for around a 7-8 seed just like last year. I mean, listen, like, like, how do I say this? Like, the Lakers, you know, at the beginning of the season and in all of our podcasts that we made at the beginning of the season, we kind of doubted them. LeBron has been playing, like, a couple of weeks ago, he made his MVP case. I mean, he's been up there, I guess, so you can say top 10, but... um. Russell Westbrook, he, I mean, he hasn't even been playing bad, to be honest with you. Like, he's been playing better. But, you know, in Lakers-Mavericks, I actually I watched that game, the entire game, from 8.30 to, like, 11.20. Like, I mean, I kind of wanted to see how they would do. Obviously, AD got injured versus the Timberwolves, but Austin Reeves got that clutch shot, and now everybody's making a big case about him. Like, now that he's a good kid, like... He can shoot the ball, obviously. We saw that. He it's not like he scored three points when then the game winner was that and that was it. He scored nineteen and the, and Frank Vogel mm-hmm. put him in because of that. And actually Frank Vogel is out with COVID as well. So I mean it's like crazy. But I mean the Lakers they're in a they're in a tough spot right now. It's a spot not like where it's tough meaning by like, you know, you don't know what they're gonna do. Like it's kind of like it's like the East and the West right now. I think it's like, like, like we said earlier, it's kind of early in the season. Like if you lose once, you can go down to like from the seventh seed to the 10th seed. If you win one game, you can go to the fifth seed from the seventh seed. Like it's kind of unpredictable. Um, I think yeah. we just have to see how they do because LeBron, obviously we've seen this season when LeBron is when Russell as well. When people help him out, they, you still have Carmelo, you have Dwight Howard, you have Malik Monk, you have, Oh, now Austin Reeves, who's the rookie of the Lakers. So yeah, but I feel like I feel like we could say all those names, but the Lakers' names are kind of overrated just because of how old they are. Like it's Dwight Howard, but it's Dwight Howard that's thirty-six. It's Carmelo Anthony, but it's Carmelo Anthony who's thirty-six. Russell Westbrook, who's thirty-three. LeBron, who's actually so good. But I and mean, he's like, overall, and like, he's like fifty-one years old. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's good. But like it's yeah. Yeah, but don't you think it's just like, yeah, we could say all those names, but they're not the same anymore. Yeah, I mean, if I would have talked about them, like even two seasons ago, like Malik Monk with the Hornets, like, and then like Dwight with the Malik Magic. Is. Yeah, like I feel like especially when he got to like Charlotte, 
in the Lakers, like Lakers in like 2011, 2012, the first time. And then the Hornets in like 2016, 2017. Like that's when we kind of like put our minds away from Dwight Howard and focused on everybody else. And I think that's when he kind of started to fall a little bit with his game. Not because he started playing terrible. It's just because he's getting older. But, I mean, honestly, in the NBA, the only player that I've seen, like, do, like, not do that is LeBron. Um, yeah. Curry's 33. That's something that I keep forgetting. You cannot forget that. The guy is turning 34 in, like, three months. Like, he's, he's older. Like, I mean, I don't like to call them old because 36 is not old in terms of, like, age. But for basketball, yeah. they are. Like, um, but you've seen Curry at 33, Durant at 33. I mean, the best players in the league, and now we have the new generation coming up with Luka, with Tatum, with Brown, with um, Lamelo. I love Lamelo. Like, everybody, <laughs> you know? I mean, I love Lamelo. Um, thank God he's in Charlotte and not in, in New York or Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. When I live in New York, the Knicks and the Nets suck. And then when I leave, they actually become, like, really good. Um, no, but anyways, yeah. I mean, it's it's really strange, like this whole cycle of of the age of age in the NBA, how it's made an impact. Like we saw, I think I kind of first saw it in the '90s, like with Michael Jordan, at such an old age playing like the greatest of all time. And his he was like 30, I think 30, 31. 35, I think even 35. He was like in '97. He was 35. 36. Hmm. Okay, yeah, then that's just like crazy. But like Kobe Bryant, like Kobe Bryant kind of got a little bit off in like 2013, but they still made the playoffs and everything. But you know what I mean? Like, like they kind of got off. But yeah, I, it's, I mean, it's really interesting. Yeah, I, I saw this crazy thing about LeBron. Like he, he's been in the NBA or been oh, yeah, involved I saw that. with the NBA longer than he's not been in it. So like – that is an insane stat. He's been in the NBA more than half of his life. From the time that he was born to the time he was drafted to the time that he was drafted to the time that it's from now, the time from when he was drafted to the time now is more than when he was born to draft. So he's been in the NBA more than half of his life. That's insane. Like, even he was like so surprised at hearing that. Like, <laughs> it's like crazy. It's this like days. I can't even know what that's like. It's like, I mean, I get like I'm not an adult yet. I'm still a kid, so I'm like in school and I'm doing all my like stuff outside of school. So I don't really know what it's like to like have a job or anything. Like I can't believe like we're talking about like like hey, he's not playing well. He's playing well. Like think about what the player is going through in his head and physically. Like you have games every other day. You work out every day. I mean, working. I I work out almost every day, but. Cut that away. Like having games every other day, working out, conditioning, stretching, um, scrimmages. Like it's a tough life. Like especially for LeBron. Like I remember in the last dance about Michael Jordan. He had a tough life outside of basketball. He would always get chased by fans. Like he would, you know, he had to live in like a private. I mean, he didn't have to, but he lived in like a private place. Like. Imagine what they're going through every night when they're going to bed. Like, so many things, not just basketball, not just family, not just friends. Like, like what if? Like, it's crazy. Like, now I'm kind of thinking about this now. Like, it's so crazy to see that. Um, 
because yeah i mean i think people have to realize that like nba players aren't just there to play basketball i mean they love basketball and they want to make a job out of it but think about like they're like with their teammates like like for example like i play yeah, their human side yeah like think about it think about it like this like i play tennis right like kind of think about it you're like if you go to like an, an academy or or like you train with your friend like friends think about it like that you travel with your friends every day to somewhere different in america to a new arena to having some to being mentally so stressed with the all with fans in the arena especially in the big stages like like for example the for media me, the media like having like ES, espn yeah having like espn sports like all these networks exactly and, and then like and having like and then especially in the finals like imagine what they're feeling like give praise to the players because imagine what they're going through like for me when I'm in my tournaments tennis tournaments when i'm serving for the match like i have like like my arms are tight imagine the nba players they have to like I think it's much better for the NBA because it's a it's a team sport, but still, like you're so nervous. Like, what if I miss this for my team? Like, 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 imagine like Steph Curry in 2019, how he felt. I think he felt a little bit like not not like completely devastated because he did good the last few years, but but still, like imagine Devin Booker in the 2021 finals. Like, I almost cried. Like, he's like he's like, damn. Like, remember that? Like, damn when the yeah. Bucks. Like, imagine what he's going through. Like, he worked so hard, so hard, and and he didn't get the result he wanted in the bubble they didn't lose a single game in the bubble and they still didn't make it like imagine what nba players go through mentally and physically to get their dreams like it's crazy yeah and like even i guess kind of going back to lebron he's someone who's done that for more than half his life now and that's something you have to disrespect like he's probably in our era, he's the most reported on, most talked about, most famous NBA player. He's probably he's the best of our era, too. And he has dealt with all the criticism, all the rumors, all the drama, like, you know, all these analysts like Stephen A or Skip Bayless and whoever talking like, oh, LeBron, is, he's not that good. He doesn't want it. He doesn't actually like basketball and stuff. And he's just stayed silent. He, he barely ever responds to critics. He's always mentally very strong. His focus has been on the game. And he's done that for 18, like, yeah, 18 years now. That is something that you just have to commend. Yeah, you have to respect everybody for that. I, 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 you don't know what an NBA player goes through behind the scenes because obviously not everybody talks about NBA players behind the scenes. Because it's not like you're playing basketball and you're worrying about your team being good or bad. You have family at home. You have friends from everywhere. You have like your your money like your investments like especially when you get richer and richer it must be really tough to like kind of keep your money together like invest maybe buy you know and everything like all that type of stuff like that's how that's how life works like that's like that's why people are saying it's like hard to like survive that you should be grateful that like your parents or whoever grandparents uncles aunts cousins siblings like they're like they have money to help you to give you the opportunity to go to school you know whatever what for like for me tennis piano like basketball football whatever like it, it really touches like right now especially because i never really thought about that until now mm-hmm. yeah 
I, I just got to say respect to any NBA player just for even even competing every single game going out there. Like, people are like, oh, well, they get paid millions of dollars. But at the end of the day, it's all in here. Like, it's not the money that keeps people going usually. It's it's what, like, it's your mind. It's your mental strength. Yeah. Like, all the NBA players listening, I know we have everybody in the league listening to the podcast. Well, Melo, next year, you're on the DE podcast. That's one of our New Year resolutions. Get college basketball player on the podcast next year (laughs) but here guys i mean i think it's it would be great to end the podcast with this message um we definitely definitely. we definitely appreciate every all your support in 2021 this is not our last podcast this year we definitely promise we will be coming out with at least one more um but you know make sure to like subscribe on youtube download on spotify on instagram stay tuned for our shorts and our weekly posts So with that being said, everybody, me and Akin have had a lot of fun today, and we'll be seeing you guys next time.